Hey y'all, it's me, Grace Aki, one of your favorite Broadway radio co-hosts, and I have a very special uh, conversation to bring to you today. Uh, it's with Neil Distalfo, and if you don't know who he is, you're about to, because he is performing his solo show. It's the world premiere of Mr. Miss America at Rattlestick Playwrights Theater. We have a wonderful conversation. Um, as you guys know, I'm such a big proponent of solo theater. Uh, it is really exciting. I can't wait to see this show, but before that, you've got to hear this conversation. So please welcome our guest today, Neil DeStelfo. So good morning. We're recording this on a, on a lovely July morning and a July morning. So the first one. The first one. I was like, I almost said happy pride because I've been saying happy pride every day and now I'm kind of sad. And if I, I say know. it now, we it's kind of ironic. Say, uh, yeah. Could be, or maybe that's, I. we've just met. So maybe that's how you start every, you know, 365, you know? That would be nice. Um, <laughs> so Neil, as as a fellow solo showist, I am so eager to talk to you because as soon as I saw the headline of Mr. Miss America, I went, what the hell is this? <laughs> yes, so excited. Mm-hmm. Well, I love what, when a, especially a solo show hooks you with the title because it kind of has to. And when you're doing a solo show, and I know that that sounds kind of crazy to anybody listening that doesn't do that, but when it's just you, and if someone doesn't know you, they're like, what is that? And and I have to like get them in. And then once they see you, they're like addicted to you. And so I could tell that's how <laughs> your show probably goes. But please, please, please tell us all about your solo show. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, so Mr. Miss America um, follows my character, Derek Tyler Taylor, as he competes uh, in the 86th annual Miss Southwestern Virginia pageant to become the first ever Mr. Miss Southwestern Virginia. And so the play is the pageant. Derek sort of takes our audience uh, behind the scenes with him um, and he will sort of let them know, here's what you can expect. And then we go on stage with him and see him compete in swimsuit, talent, uh, all of our favorite pageant segments. That is, I mean, it, just letting you know, as because mm. one day this will be our show. Um, <laughs> I I do this. Uh, I I had to enter a contest, a, a beauty contest, one time because my mom was eager to put me in the stress that she had bought me for prom. And, um, I was like, this is egregious. And then I didn't realize all the categories, but you're, so you're going through all the categories in the show as well. Well, we go through all the segments and I will say that we are certainly taking liberties. I, I appreciate now that pageants, um, at least the ones that I've researched and looked at, uh, a lot of the folks coming in are, um, talking about, they have a platform. And so oftentimes this pageant. Um, most of the time swimsuit is no longer a part of the pageant. Although my understanding is that certain regional jurisdictions and smaller pageants can sort of do what they want. But, um, yeah, it oftentimes is about what is the message behind what you're saying, which is great for the purposes of our show. Um, Derek is certainly coming with his energy and his dedication to being his most authentic self. And we get to see that in what he brings. I mean, certainly in the talent portion, I, it's so hard to talk about the show without, especially to theater fans, without giving anything away of what his talent is. But all I can say is it is my dream 
talent portion, um, being a fan of uh, being a very gay person and also a very theatrical person um, to get to put forth what Derek has as his talent. But anyway, yeah, I mean, they put you through the ringer in these things. Um, and Derek is also someone who has not received coaching, uh, which is, a you know, there are certainly, right, Grace? Grace gave me a little nod of like, mm -hmm. there are things that you can really be coached towards to make your presentation very palatable and um, a thing that the judges would be like, exactly, because they've seen it so many times before. And Derek um he is a he is the biggest fan of this pageant i mean he he grew up admiring these women and wanting to be on that stage so desperately and so the fact that he is here blows his mind like he can't believe he's here but he what i admire so much about him is that he has really stayed committed to this is the way that he always wanted to do this pageant and partly he he has these women who he's admired for his whole life who he's seen on stage but he's never seen anyone like him on stage and so a little bit of that is there's no rule book here and so i guess i'm going to create the rules as i go you know yeah that's the thing is like you know i i think people have like kind of beat it into the ground when they say representation matters but i'm like hold on a second it really does and if you've never <laughs> seen yourself on stage like, I think that that's such a beautiful thing about your character is that you're saying like, no, I mean, I have all these people that I've admired, but I cannot, I, I will never be them. I'm me. Like, that's so exciting. So <laughs> I really, really like that that's how you've formed that character. Yeah, it's a huge part of also my experience as a queer person is that growing up, I, I just didn't, I'm so grateful for the little representation that we had as queer folks. Um, but I, I didn't, um, I don't know that I really saw myself or if I, the glimpses that I saw were, um, were just like, okay, I'm trying to piece this together, but also like I'm a kid and, and I don't quite know exactly what version of being out or being myself looks like for me. Um, and so I do think exposure to as many types of people and as many walks of life is, is just really important. And so much of what, this show gets at is this idea of how Derek has been informed by what he's seen and who he's seen be courageous enough to share themselves. And we talk about the pageant and then there's a, a whole big section of there's one particular person who a Broadway audience will, um, uh, Chris Harper pays her salary, we'll just say that, um, that has influenced Derek in a way that, um, that then informs his talent portion and it's it's to say that um there i i really do believe that representation matters and it's it's more broad than just a queer experience i think it's just a representation of anyone who is sharing themselves authentically and doing the thing that they feel called to do and expressing themselves in a way that feels right for them is is um leading by example i guess we would say no, it's, it's so perfect and, and important. And like, I just like growing up in, in whatever theater and all this stuff, like I never got to see like funny, not dumb Southern girls on stage. How weird is that? Like, I always felt like there was like this, like, it was always like a trope of like, well, they're probably bigoted because of that voice. And it's like, well, I'm not, <laughs> you know, 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's like we create our own, our vision of like, well, I want someone to see this. And so it sounds like you've done that, which is really, really exciting. I hope so. I mean, we also, I think um, where we've certainly come at it from is this place of deep reverence and respect for um, the story that's being told. And also there are, you know, just to say, and you as a solo artist know this, we're showing one story and there are all these other stories happening concurrently with all the other characters that we don't get to see. And, and in the origination of the show, like I'm, I've never written a solo show before. And when I started writing this, I, I truly grace was like, I don't know what this, I'd never really seen a solo show. So I started writing this and was like, what is this? I feel embarrassed. I had a reading of it where it was like half finished and I was embarrassed. I was like, I don't know what this is. And, why people would care. And so I always thought that I would make it a a full play with a larger cast. And then this character just continued to sort of come through most strongly. And his perspective was my, my way into the story. And so uh, there are just so many, you know, at every turn there was like, ah, but I really want to follow that character that he mentions and understand what's going on. He has a, a big antagonist in the show who I think might be sort of the trope of what you're mentioning of like a bigoted person from the South. And um, and he he. Oh, honey, they her. exist. I'm never going to say that they don't exist. <laughs> I come I from mean, Georgia. I just flipped it blue. <laughs> like I mean, th- and thank you for your help. I, it feels like, yeah, there. But even within that, you know what I mean? Like they that person gets characterized a certain way and then we learn something about them and and i think you know there is this idea of how many different uh perspectives and obviously in a solo show i'm most interested in my characters because he is the way that the audience is allowed in and it's a direct address show so he's directly telling the audience like here is what you need to know about the pageant and all these other girls and all that stuff but you know, I am curious, like, if someone has an experience where they're like, I'm really curious about that other character and why did you omit certain things or what's going on for them? Like, that, it would be so fun to sort of investigate that, you know? But that's kind of the joy of doing this. I mean, this is your world premiere. Like, you're doing, you're running mm-hmm. it for a whole month, you know? Like, you get to engage with the audience. That's what's so fun about doing a solo work is that you're looking at them. Like, <laughs> There's no other (laughs) cast members for you to like play off of. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm having a conversation with these people and they can shut up. Like they're not saying anything, but I get to like have the conversation with them. So I'm excited for that for you and the experience of being in the audience. Like genuinely, it's, it's really cool. I don't, I don't think people think about it. Like when you're in whatever theater school, you take a can or whatever it is. Nobody goes like, what if you're by yourself? (laughs) And it's a work that you've like created and poured love into. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you're doing that. Like, that's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So uh, this is like we said, the world premiere, you're doing it, you're running it July 6th through August. And mm-hmm. um, how is, how have you been in the theater yet? Like, have you gotten to like walk the space rehearsal? Like, how's that going? <laughs> oh my gosh. So we just got into the, or I just got into the theater yesterday for day one of tech. Our team has been there since last weekend, loading in and all that. Um, This is also my first produced play as a playwright. And so I've only ever been in a company as the actor. And so understanding, I mean, I 
every time I've walked into like a production as an actor, I have just been in awe of everyone else working on it. I've just been like, it's incredible that, um, that I said this to one of our customers last night, a, a button came off something and she sewed it in 30 seconds. And I was like, it's incredible to me. And then I was like, but wait, you're all professionals. And, um, and so it was in, I mean, it was truly wild last night walking in and just seeing a whole group of people there who are in service of this play and this character. And I, I mean, it just exceeds my wildest expectations, truthfully. Um, and this play, the first reading of it happened five years ago and was originally slated to go up September of 2020. And, um, and so, you know, Grace is coming. No, like, honey, oh. no. That's, that's awful. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I mean, oh. and and obviously everyone in our industry, when that, you know, when I I think the day for me was March 13th when I I was in rehearsals for um, a show at this place where I volunteered, the 52nd Street Project, amazing yeah. nonprofit, bringing theater to kids in Hell's Kitchen. I amazing. love that. Was oh my god, they're the yeah. best. We were in rehearsals um for that and um and then on March 13th we were like oh it's not gonna go forward and um and that next week I was like oh well my show is happening in September so we'll probably be fine and then obviously we know how that goes so the fact that this is happening I mean the fact that it's happening at all but the fact that it's happening two years after it was supposed to happen it it just I it just and when I first wrote the show or was writing it, I was like, it would be so cool if this went up at the rattlestick because I'd seen so many great, really intimate performance-driven shows there. Like my the first show I saw there was Adam Driver and Seth Numerick and my friend McLeod Andrews doing this Daniel Talbot play called Slipping that was it just blew my mind and getting to be that close to the performers. And I was like, Oh my God, what a dream it would be to get to do this show at the rattlestick. And, and also I had just, um, I went to Columbia for my MFA. And when I was there, I got my equity card with this director, Tony Speciali, who I'd seen do a play called unnatural acts, a classic stage company when I had just come out and I saw it and was like, Oh my God, all these gay men on stage telling the queer story. It's, it, it blew my mind. And, and so, and then I got to work with Tony and in writing the play too, I was like, the dream is rattlestick with Tony Speciali. And that is what we have. And so I got into the theater last night. I was there a little early and I just sort of cried a little bit. I was going to say, did you room. weep? Cause you yes. had to weep. Grace, I'm going to weep. I'm, I'm an emotional person to begin with. This play means so much to me. The fact that it is happening at all, but the fact that it's happening with the folks it's happening with and all for one theater, which is uh, a theater company that's dedicated to solo work. Uh, Nick Coates, uh, Michael Wolk, everyone there have just been so committed to this play. And so when it was started, you know, when the pandemic happened, they were like, we just want to let you know that we're here for you. This is going to happen. They came aboard the play in 2019 and it helped me develop it at the tank for a couple of readings. And um, it's just been, I mean, you know, like the, the, the journey of a show is years and years long and people tell you that. And then you're like, 
maybe I'll be the exception. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, babe, I started no. my thing in like 2016 <laughs> or something like, you know, it was, yeah. I don't know, but it was, you know, people are like, oh, did you just write it? Cause they're just now about to see it, you know? And I'm like, mm. uh, so like, no, it's been like five years of the making, but I love that you think that's that fresh. That's, that's a nice thing to hear. But when you, you know, you have, I love that you've romanticized perfectly. So being at the rattlestick, being with the director that you want, especially like as, as a creator and something like you, it's I, manifesting sounds so cheesy, but like, it just means so much more. The people that are going to be in that audience then, and hopefully like all the people listening right now um, are going to see a dream come true. And that is so, I feel like it's so rare in New York where you're like, I know that. I know that about that person. They wanted this for real. So um, I'm just so excited to be there with Bells On. It's running July 6th through August 7th at the Rattlestick Playwrights Theater. Um, Mr. Miss America, Neil, thank you so much for this. This is so exciting and I can't wait to see the show. (laughs) Grace, thank you. What a dream. Thanks so much. 